0: We find ourselves now in uh, the book of Exodus. Chapter four, uh, we are closer and closer to the end of this short sermon series. I know that for many of you, uh, this is quite surprising because we spent, what, only a mere 72-ish weeks in the Gospel of Luke. So how in the world could we be almost done uh, with Exodus? But remember, this short sermon series was meant to get us through this COVID-19 initial time of live streaming. Lord willing, we'll be able to start a new sermon series on July 5th. Um, That's my hope and prayer. Uh, God, of course, is in control, though, so we'll see if we can hold to that date, Uh, but as we're looking at these last two sermons from Exodus chapter 4, remember that sermon series name, God Hears His People the call of Moses, right? God is the one who is working and hearing uh, that his people need him, and he is the one ready and willing with power and grace and mercy to reveal himself. And that's where we find ourselves this morning as we talk about miracles. What is a miracle? Uh, You know, when I think about that word, you might think about something else. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my, uh, I don't know what this is, worldliness or something else. But sometimes I think when I hear that word, uh, I think about the Music City Miracle right? The Tennessee Titans? Y'all remember this, yeah? No, that's okay. It was just a crazy play, right? In a football game. And I call it a miracle along with the rest of the nation. Uh, We call other things miracles, right? Uh, There might be a miracle on a TV show, or there might be, uh, uh, you know, uh, we really need a miracle here. And what we mean is there's a very low chance for us to actually do it, but we're still going to try anyways. Uh, That is not uh, the Bible's definition of a miracle. What we see in the Bible time and time again is that a miracle is a zero chance happening. Uh, There is no chance for me uh, to pick up a stick. I don't know why I was looking around for a stick, but I was. Uh, You pick up a stick and you throw it and it turns into a snake. I could do it a hundred million times and that thing isn't turning into a snake unless God says, hey, what are you holding? I say, well, it's a stick. And he says, why don't you throw it down? I'll turn it into a snake. There's a zero chance happening that God causes to happen. We see three of them this morning. And by way of reminder, as we're looking at these zero chance happenings that God is then working, these supernatural events, uh, we need to remember who they're for. God is sending Moses not to Pharaoh right now. God is sending Moses to his people. To reveal himself to them. And Moses says, Well, what if they don't believe me? And God says, I will reveal myself to them with zero chance happenings that they might believe the signs, the miracles. This should remind us of the Lord Jesus, uh, the Gospel of John, for instance, where John is very particular about uh, recording the signs of Jesus, right? Uh, uh, If y'all don't remember this, a quick flip through uh, the Gospel of John, you'll see it, Uh, the water into wine, walking on the water, feeding the 5,000, and on and on. There are these miracles that begin to play out that reveal And that's the main point uh, of this morning's sermon. Uh, Miracles have meaning and purpose to reveal God for who He is. Uh, They're not just supernatural events where we say, wow, a miracle, cool, and we take a picture of it and put it on Instagram or something like that. No, uh, these miracles are meant uh, uh, with meaning and purpose to reveal, and we'll see that in Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Let me pray for the reading of the word this morning. Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this Miracle. Uh, A text that by your Holy Spirit has been inspired and preserved in its inerrant form throughout the generations. Miracle. Lord, thank you. Now work in our hearts through it as you have told us you would. In Jesus' name, we pray this. Amen. This is Exodus chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord, this word right here, it remains, it stands forever. Praise be to God for it. Now, remember that main point. You saw the three of them, I hope. Miracles have meaning and purpose. And we'll see this in three points that coincide with the three miracles. First, true king. Second, cleanser. And third, savior. That's what these miracles are revealing about God. True king, cleanser, and savior. First, we see a miracle that reveals God as the true king. Verses one through five is where we kind of find this. Remember, miracles have deep meaning with intention to reveal. With God, his miracles are meant to reveal himself that we might believe. And first comes the snake. Uh, You saw it in the Bible text. Uh, Hey, Moses, what you got there? Uh, Because Moses saying, listen, Lord, I'm going to go to these people and they're not going to believe me. I haven't been with them since I was six months old. Uh, I was put in that basket and I got adopted by the Pharaoh, but you know that Lord, because you were the one doing that. But they're not going to believe me if I go to the elders who have been going through all of this suffering and I'm going to walk in after not even being present in Egypt for so many years. What do I do? What do you got in your hand? It's my staff. I'm a shepherd. Throw it on the ground. And, and of course, when he threw it, it, turns into a snake and Moses rolls out, right? Just like I would hope all of you would. In all likelihood, because of Moses's reaction, this was a large venomous snake. In all likelihood, because it's a large venomous snake in Egypt, it's a cobra uh, in all likelihood. And when you see a cobra, you run. That's what you do. Uh, you don't stay around to see if it's gonna spit at you or bite you. And God said, no, 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 come back and grab it by the tail. There is much more at play here, though, that we might miss if we weren't thinking about this. Uh, Some of you might think about those pictures. Uh, Have you ever seen like King Tut, King Tut's tomb? You see, or maybe you have seen it portrayed in history books or in archeology span pictures and findings. Uh, You'll see the hood, the hood of an Egyptian pharaoh, right? Uh, The hood is the cobra's hood. Uh, They had a great fear, and reverence for snakes, particularly large ones, especially cobras. A hood, right? That's how you knew that you were of the deity's line, or at least that's what uh, these Egyptians would say in the ancient Egyptian time, is if you were hooded with that kind of very true to form and obvious ancient Egyptian looking garb, right? Uh, if you don't know what I mean, if you Google it, you'll see it and you'll say, Oh yeah, yeah, that I've seen that before. And it's this hood and it, it hangs down right here and it, it makes you look like a cobra. And that was what the pharaohs of that time would wear. God, uh, revealing himself as the creator, changes a little piece of wood into a cobra, that which is highly respected in Egypt. And instead of running away, what does God say? No, 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 Moses. You pick that thing up by the tail and let it turn back to wood because I am the true king. These pharaohs who are saying they are God are but wood before me. I have created all. I am the king and I am revealing that to you In miracle this day. The king of Egypt is not the true king of the Hebrews. And God is explicitly reminding them of this with his power over nature and the imagery of a snake. God's people found themselves in a land once friendly, but now hostile. But their king, capital K, was never dethroned nor had he lost his power. That's the point of the miracle. Uh, God's people had been oppressed. They have been subjected to severe slavery. Where is is your God now, O Hebrews, uh, might the Pharaoh say? Uh, And yet there is a reality that God is working a plan of salvation that is hard for human minds to comprehend, especially when it comes to timing. And I think y'all resonate with that. But in this moment, Where all things had turned hostile, where it seems like those in rule, in power, are against them, God is saying, I am here, and I am the true king, and I am for you. Listen to my servant, Moses. Here's the question on this first point Where are you at currently? Uh, Do you feel like you're in a nation, maybe just politically? a second. Do you feel like you're in a nation where uh, you are resting all your hopes on the governor, on the president, on a new president, on this one uh, continuing on, on policy, on um, uh, uh, maybe it's local, maybe it's a movement. Uh, you know, this, 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 uh, 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 insane and heinous controversy that has uh, brought racism back up to the forefront. Maybe you are resting all your laurels on hope for change, that we might just get all this racism out via policy. Uh, It's not going to happen because the hearts of men are not affected by, uh, by humans. Only the true king can change hearts. Where are you today? Are you remembering that the true king God himself is not dethroned, no matter the situation, COVID-19, racism, turmoil, tumult, suffering, whatever it is. God is on his throne working for those that believe. Believe that and see it in this miracle. But there's more, because secondly, God gives Moses a miracle, revealing himself not only as true king, but also as cleanser of his people. This is verses six, seven, and eight, if you're following along in your Bibles, which I hope you are. Uh, this this uh, uh, um, uh, movement of, of miracles, God wants them to know his power and to show him that he is over all. And yet he goes on to show him, uh, himself as cleanser because of their current situation Uh, God's people have forgotten that problem, that they need cleansing. But that's the problem that desperately needs an answer. It's their own corruption. The empire of Egypt has committed in this time atrocity after atrocity. The suffering that they have heaped onto the Hebrews has gone on for so many years that the people of God have lost sight of the eternal picture, of the biggest picture of their need, their own need for salvation. Their suffering was real. They lost sight of their greater need at the same time. The same thing happens to us, right? Real suffering, real frustration that clouds our eternal perspective. Do you resonate with that? I do. Uh, I, can get, I can get sucked in to the, a moment-by-moment moment day and forget where I'm at and how the Lord's moving and working and what, what I need, which is the Lord Jesus Christ working. Uh, our, our worldly suffering and frustration can cause us to do that because we're human and we're weak and we're needy. Of course that would happen where we shy away from pain and we begin to focus in on those things. But when we lose focus on God, our joy Contentment, peace, assurance, and confidence disappear. Those things are offered as we keep our eyes on God. They're offered and we see it in the Word, promised to us. And yet, as we take our eyes, as we focus uh not on God but on this world, we lose those things. Our personal interactions all of a sudden become transactional. What can I get from this to satiate myself? Right? We no longer are seeking to serve, but to be served. And people become flat out mean, right? Why is that person so mean? If you ever why why are these people mean? Why am I mean? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, Why am I so mean sometimes? Like, ah, that frustrates me, right? Uh, Is it because you've taken your eyes off of the Lord, off of the big picture, and you're focusing on worldly suffering that's happening in the moment that's real? Those frustrations are real. But if we take our eyes off the ball, if we take our eyes off of the reality, it can cause real change in us that maybe isn't as pretty as we would want it to be. God reminds his people and us that he is the cleanser of those who would look to him. Moses, put your hand in your in your cloak, you know, and he puts it in. He's thinking, what's the Lord gonna do? Am I gonna pull out a sword, you know, or something like that? pulls out a leprous hand the worst scenario because leprosy is horrible it is a bad sickness where your flesh rots away and you're eventually you lose the limb and you die it's no good and moses is thinking oh man right Uh, i i am unclean i i've got this sickness that cannot be cured what do i do god says put it back in he sticks it in and he pulls it out and it's clean cleansed. God has the power to cleanse his people. Suffering is real. I know a lot of y'all's suffering. I, this season has been tough, really tough. It has dredged up emotions that have been hidden away by us, tucked away, right? Problems that we didn't want to deal with, and yet now they're flaring up all of a sudden, like a wildfire for many of you. I know, I've been there with you, uh, seeking as best I can to walk alongside of you. I've heard testimony from you as y'all have ministered to others. This has been a crazy time. And yet, as we turn our eyes upon Jesus, we pull that hand out and we see we have a cleansing God that then grants us many blessings. If God is for us, who? can be against us. This miracle, though, goes hand in hand with the third miracle that God gives Moses, uh, revealing God himself to be the savior of his people. This is verse nine, and it, it really goes hand in hand. Uh, God is cleanser, uh, implying salvation, but then God kind of adds this moment where uh, he says, listen, if they're not gonna believe these two, let me just tack on another. Uh, he, he is going to seal this deal for Moses so he can reveal just how good he is. And he, he does it with this, this kind of Nile River miracle scoop the water out dump it to have blood. And, and we'll get to an explanation of that because uh, this that one's a little more uh, uh, not as straightforward, but it is actually once we see it. Uh, but, but before we get there, uh, let me use this illustration. Ha, have you ever heard a politician's salvation plan before? They have them. Uh, you can hear them coming from a mile away. And, and once you hear me say this, you'll definitely know it. You're already probably disenfranchised by it because everybody is that I've ever talked to. Um, whether it's national, state, local, whether it's at your school, like like a high school class president, or uh, or college, wherever, what do they say? If we could just get Coke machines in the uh, in the library, everybody will focus more because they'll have the caffeine they need and people won't be standing up and going everywhere. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. If we can get that highway running through this town, not only will it, uh, will it cause our economic situation to thrive, but we're going to have so many more people moving in. And for those of us that are here, we'll be so successful and grow. It'll be the answer to what we need for our city. Well, this is what the state needs. We need somebody with morals, and I am that moral, and I have the morality to move forward. I'm not going to be corrupt like X, Y, and Z. I have a morality uh, at the national level, perhaps. This guy doesn't know anything. Uh, The other guy, uh, these people don't know anything, but if you look at my plan for this right here, you'll see that once we do it, America's going to be better. America's going to be the best again, right? Uh, The salvation plan, you read it, you say, wow, that sounds good. They have a salvation plan and they have, they have uh, X, Y, and Z laid out. That is great. Until it never happens. And until you realize a Coke machine doesn't solve anything. Until you realize that that road going through causes just as much problems as it does good until you see that none of these things were really salvation plans to begin with. They were just movements to move forward some agenda or another. I'm not being too cynical. Uh, I think there are pros and cons to these things. But uh, you get it, right? The cell, the salvation plan of a politician. It's a great illustration, and it's really good to see for ancient Egypt because they had a salvation plan too, and its name was the Nile, right? In Egypt, the Nile was king. They had this giant river and it was so robust because of the delta that played itself out that they could do all of their crops there. They had all their water needs. They had their fish. They had all their industry. They could travel on this thing by sea or by river rather to get to point A and B. They had it all set up. It was the salvation plan. It was a deity. It was wonderful to have the Nile. Yes, yes, the Nile. But the Nile is just a river. It's just water. In fact, if you swam in the Nile, you'd probably get eaten by crocodiles. Uh, But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, The Nile is the salvation plan for Egypt, but it's just a river. If salvation is to truly come, it would have to come a different way. And so what does God say? Hey, Moses, you got a cup? I was like, I could get one, I guess. Pick up some of that Nile River, some of that salvation plan, and I want you to dump it out on dry land. And when you do, it's going to become blood. And if we know later on, Moses himself gets these words from God in the book of Leviticus, the life is in the blood. That's what God tells Moses. That's why all those sacrifices began to play out through the tabernacle and the temple, revealing that sacrifice that was to come. That's why Jesus himself lived that perfect life, that he might sacrifice himself on the cross for us, that blood might be spilled because the life is in the blood. And as Jesus sacrifices himself, he is no Nile. He is no road through a city. He is no Coke machine. He is no mere salvation plan. He is savior to his people with power and efficacy. He does it. And he completes it. Uh, Some of you were in Sunday school this morning. The new covenant, Hebrews chapter 9. Christ died once for all. Jesus Christ's sacrifice for his people. It's powerful. It's the gospel. Because when we believe in Jesus Christ and his work on our behalf, that righteousness by that sacrifice is transferred to us. And he takes on our sin. That sacrifice has weight because God's wrath is poured out on him. And yet, because of that exchange, we stand righteous before the throne of God, able to stand in his presence That's powerful. It's the gospel, and it's played out from a little cup of water from a silly little river, dumped out and turned to blood. Miracles matter, and they reveal something. Here's the question for you. What's your salvation plan? You know, we might scoff at the Egyptians and their Nile River right? But we need to be very careful. At least they cared about a Nile River. At least the river is one of the biggest ones in the world. You know, our salvation plans can sometimes be much smaller. If only I had a better job. That's my salvation plan. If I could just make a little bit more money. You know, if that one person at church, maybe even the pastor, you know, that pastor would just stop saying this, right? That's my salvation plan. You don't realize that it's your salvation plan, but when you begin to see what you do and how you think and how you operate, if only I could get this done, if only this was true, I would be where I need to be. My salvation plan. At least the Nile was big. They went big, right? Sometimes we go so small that it's laughable, but there's no laughing happening because it is so frustrating. I do it and I know that you do it. And yet God reveals himself. With these miracles, take the cup, dump it out and see its blood. Remember Jesus Christ this day. Isn't that powerful? Miracles have meaning and purpose. God gave three to Moses to take to his people that they might believe and see God as true king, cleanser and savior of his people. Can you see this God today? for who he is or is your vision muddled by worldly kings, immediate suffering, or your own salvation plan. Even as they were for God's people so many years ago, these miracles, dear Christian, are for you right now. Look and call upon the name of the Lord now cry out to Jesus and then witness the true miracle. Even if you believe to cry out to Jesus anew, to renew your faith and your hope, to cry out with truth, seeing who God is and how he reveals himself, it'll change you. It'll change you forever from this time moving forward. Worldly kings come and go. Rivers flood and they slow. But the Lord Jesus Christ is forever. Remember such things today, into this week, and forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are and what you do, revealing yourself in miracle. God, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.